from the NCHC.TV studios. This is College Hockey West Live. College Hockey West Live is brought to you by Jesse Ray's Barbecue. For lunch or before the game, the best in barbecue, Las Vegas style. 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. By the NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV to watch the best in heat since 2013. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, whether it's Las Vegas or any of our other worldwide properties, an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian comfort food quickly with two locations in Tempe and one in Pine Top. Order online at thespaghettishack.com. Liberty University, play for something more. Faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. By FedEx, the official delivery company of Ice Time Hockey West. And by the Caesar Sportsbook app, a proud partner of the NHL. College Hockey West Live from the NCHC.TV studios is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, anywhere that you may be joining us on this beautiful Sunday evening. Scott Strandy with you tonight in Carlsbad, California. My co-host, as always, joining me from that big, beautiful palatial estate out on Long Island, New York. Paul Hornstein is with me. Paul, how are you? How are things on the island? More importantly, have you caught the rodent? No. No? No. Still? I don't know. Still I mean, maybe. I don't count. know. And, and, and by the way, you know, you understand that as we record this on a Sunday night, you understand most people won't listen to this until Monday or Tuesday. Okay. So you will have caught the rodent by then? I, I hope so, but, you know, <laughs> you, you talk about this beautiful Sunday night. Most people, Like I said, most people won't uh, listen. Well, won't this is when we Monday record morning. it. So for those that want to listen live, we've got 5,000-plus listeners that have joined us live. So. No, uh, I, I don't get want to, that. I don't want to push them aside. No, 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 no. I'll let I people understand. know while we're doing this. I'm not questioning whether or not we should push them. I'm not saying we should push. I'm just, oh. you know, just saying okay. that. Well, that's why I tell won't... them it's a beautiful Sunday night. <sighs> yeah, okay. I'm just saying. Here, here next to the Pacific Ocean. I'm not so sure on the Atlantic side, but. No comment. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, where do we start? Uh, there's always something that um, we have to I think start with. RIT oh. clinching the Atlantic Hockey home ice throughout the conference tournament. Is that we should start there? They clinched the regular okay? season champ. Huh? Are you feeling okay? Uh, no, I'll, you asked where we should start. I'm just kind of going over things here. <laughs> okay. You know? um, um, let, let's start there. Um Let's also talk about some of the teams that we cover. We love RIT, but, you know, it is what it is. They're not uh, in our coverage area. No. So I'm looking at the Friday night stuff, Paul. And congratulations right. to RIT, by the way. Yeah, um, that's all. Well, you asked. I'm, I mean, listen, we don't have to start there. <laughs> I, I don't know where else we would start, but, you know. Anyway, there's so many things to talk about tonight. Um, I want to talk about uh, Alaska Anchorage. And uh, Augustana Anchorage wins okay. six to five in overtime on Friday night. Then Augustana comes back and shuts them out Saturday night. Um, 
strong performances on both sides over the weekend. And Paul, what that tells me right off the get go, you got a resurging program from Anchorage. You've got Augustana, a brand new program this year, and they played to a lot of parody. That's going to be a common theme, I think, tonight. Parody in NCAA hockey. Okay. Your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I mean, we know there's been a lot of parody. We know that. Okay. Um, Some people don't. Well, some people are, you know, think things are soft, but, you know, I mean, hey. You know, I Once mean, again, my, my thought on on people saying the schedule or the teams are soft is that's really disrespectful to everybody that plays college hockey because it's never been more competitive, never. In and I've watched it for fifty years, maybe more now. Well, I mean, I just had a birthday, so did you? Um, so did you, by the way. Uh, yeah, we don't. So talk happy about belated that. birthday to you. Thanks. We anyway, don't talk about uh, that in Fight Club. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, all you got to do is is just look at the conference standings in all the conferences. Uh, and also, Paul, if you want to look how close it is, look behind the scores and see how many of them have the little initials O and T. Next yeah, on, on everybody's schedule. Everybody. Uh, yeah. I'm counting... Um, Seven on Friday night alone. Seven OT games. You know that was I in mean, a variety of conferences. Um, the only conference that didn't have it uniquely enough this Friday is that overly powerful Big Ten. Wow! Um, yeah, true. Ohio State just pounded Michigan State six to two. Wisconsin pounded Penn State six nothing. Notre Dame got beat by Michigan four nothing. Oh oh, here come them Wolverines. Yeah, well. Um, you know, if by you, the way, I, I watched a, I watched a former Wolverine goaltender um, a couple times this week, right. Eric Portillo. Yeah, how what did a great that kid! Go? What a great kid! And I can still call him a kid because he says he's a kid. <laughs> well, compared to us, he is. <laughs> I love it, Eric. Um, so anyway, with the Ontario Rain, but um, that's a whole other story. His time at Michigan, we don't want to no. get into that. And by the way, if you go to the standings, every team, it seems like. Every team, with a few exceptions, uh, has played a half a dozen. Oh, I shouldn't even say a half a dozen, but, I mean, a ridiculous amount of overtime games. You know, um, even uh, the NCHC leading North Dakota fighting and I'll let you Hawks. fill in the blanks. I'll let you fill in the blank. Hawks. Um, you know, uh, their record for the season in the in the conference, not even the, talking about outside the conference. Twelve and two in regulation, and they've played six games to a one a win or a loss in overtime. That yeah. doesn't that, that that doesn't include games that, I mean, and they've played. You know, uh, almost twelve games that have gone into overtime overall. Yeah, I mean it. You know what other two? And you know, of course, that leads us back to my favorite. What you have a favorite? Well, the Dartmouth Big Green, baby. Their overall <laughs> record nine, nine, and nine. 
<laughs> You're saying they're doing it nine times. So, I mean, other than that, there's really not a lot going. There wasn't really, really a lot going on this weekend. No. Okay. That'll be enough for the show then. All right. Uh, From the end. No, sorry. Good night, everybody. Um, yeah. I'm kidding. I am kidding. Okay. Um, let me do a lot of prefacing here before we start this topic. Okay. Um, here we go. Our coverage area includes all of the independents except one. Right. Um, Stonehill. We don't really cover Stonehill, but why oh. should we? They're soft. Um, sure. Anyway. Um, so we look at all of the independents. All right. We hold on. At... By the way, stop, stop, stop a second. Okay. Just because you, you, you never know. We are saying that snarkily. Yes. Okay, because uh, of the argument that we've had about people's schedules being "quote unquote" soft, even though you can only Correct. play within certain parameters. But Correct, ahead. and and also that we weren't taking a at, shot at Stonehill. Yeah, and you've already made a you've already made a very good case for the fact that there's a lot of parity in college hockey. Right. Um, so anyway, we covered independent hockey. Um, we also covered four teams in the NCHC. So, and one team in the CCHA just happens to be in our demographic area. And I've adopted the Long Island Sharks because I like Brett Riley. I like their, I like their uniforms, just like, their, uh, like their logo. Um, yeah, Coach, I'm kissing up to you because you're coming on tomorrow night. Uh, I'm anyway. Waiting for that jersey. <laughs> yes, I am. Maybe he's going to bring it. I might. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Anyway. Um, so, anyway, we. Uh, we um, Talk college hockey. I started this company eight years ago, Paul, and you know the mission statement is to cover the game, to grow the game. Yep. Um, we want to do it at the college level. We want to do it at the professional level. Anything we can do to help grow this game that we love. And I thought it was pretty funny because um, I was watching a clip from the North Dakota game. And right. between periods, they had, and I'll, I'll go ahead and use their name. I had somebody from Spitting Chicklets on, and right. he was in Grand Forks, and he said, you know what? We decided at Spitting Chicklets that we need to spend more time on NCAA hockey because nobody covers NCAA hockey, and they need more coverage. They deserve it. He's right. They well, do he's, yeah, well, he's half right. Yeah, he's half right. But there are people that cover college hockey. So right. uh, you're not the first. You're not the innovators. But, um, you know, anyway. We're not. We'll, uh, we'll leave it at that. So anyway, there is a growing interest in college hockey. We want to see the game grow. That's why we're particularly intrigued by independence because it, initially, Paul, I thought, nah, you know, that's possible. They can start up a new and, you know, play a few years and then go to a league. But what we're finding out is it's not that easy to get into a conference for starters. Nope. nope. It's a lot of money and you got to have the acceptance and yep. some of those have been issues for a lot of teams. Yep. A lot of people have the misconception that uh, we are just nothing but ASU backers. That is um, correct. You're an alum. My yes. daughter went there, so I'm a father yes. of an alum. Yes. Um, but we are looking out or trying to look out and trying to focus on uh, independence as a whole and making sure that they get the opportunity, their student athletes get the opportunity to play for a national championship. Because after all, you play to win the game. Well, anyway, um, 
So and any, yeah, and if anybody <laughs> thinks if anybody thinks that 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 I am a an apologist, then either you don't pay attention to what we do here on a regular basis, or don't know me through anything I might have put out. I try not to put. I'm not a big. I you save my opinions for the program as as much as I I do Twitter cuz you know my Twitter feed is unlike everybody else's is not strictly hockey. So yeah, I hear it. Well, um, mine is pretty strictly yeah, hockey. I know that. Well, <laughs> that's why that's why I don't push my own Twitter account a lot through the program because um if it was just a hockey one it'd be a different right. story. It's, and we can't uh, get, get you it. to do another one, so I mean, we I can't try. keep up with the one I have. <laughs> I have six, by the way. <laughs> I know. Well, it's because you're better than I. Twitch anyway, uh, anyway. <sighs> so our my concern has always been what's best for the game of hockey and college hockey in a whole. Um, this weekend, my heart sunk. Um, I felt like somebody stabbed me, um, shot me, did something ill-willed towards me right when i saw what happened in fairbanks on friday night now granted it was in fairbanks on a friday night which means it was very early in the morning for most people <laughs> in the rest of the country oh, so i get well, it overnight if you yeah if you weren't um paying attention to things i get it but the first thing that came to my mind and i'll we'll get into the details on this i was going like oh my goodness did this taint did this black mark, did this do something that we really are going to regret towards the building, the growing of college hockey, especially for the independents? All right, so I've led up to it. You tell us about the incident, then I'll jump back in. Well, I think uh, that it was not a good look. It was not a good look when you have a couple of guys leaving the penalty box and having a fight at center ice. And, you know, you know when you well, first can I, see Can it, I add a couple of things right to that, though? Because a lot of times guys will leave the penalty box and square off, whether it's NHL, AHL, junior, college, whatever. But, but go ahead and tell the fans that A, the penalty was not over. No. And how did they come out of the box, Paul? Well, first of all, the penalty had just been called. Or maybe I did not. Well, maybe not. I, I would. It wasn't over. That's what we. That's right. The it was not over. The penalties were. Uh, were a little bit earlier. I just there's just so many penalties on that list I can't even. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Right. Point of it is they were in the box and supposed it to stay been, in the box. It shouldn't have stayed in. It should have stayed in the box. And yes. and how did they come uh, out of the box, Paul? No helmets. No gloves. No helmets. No gloves. Met at center ice. Met at center ice. Where had a conversation the, between the two penalty boxes before they came out. And and if you see some of the video, I, I assume it was the same on both sides. I've only seen one side of the video. Um, in terms of basically where it was shot from, right? 
And so I'm assuming that both players did relatively the same thing, kind of like peeking out the penalty box door and kind of trying to debating whether or not to open it, whether or not to leave, um, yelling at each other from the penalty box, which I've seen a billion times. Oh, that, that happens, happens all the time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Almost every penalty. Yeah. Well, coincidental. Well, in a heated situation like that, yeah. anyway. Yep. Okay. And so you one from see, ASU, one from Fairbanks. Right. You could see the people who are running the penalty box kind of not knowing what to do. Or not trying to figure out what was going on in the heat of the moment. Okay, you're being you're being way too kind. I'm going to tell it like it is. When you get a job as uh, a penalty box attendant, an off ice official, right. as it may be, whether it's peewees, whether it's bantams, whether it's junior hockey, whether it's NHL, no matter what it is, your job as an adult in the penalty box is to make sure that you don't release that play or players until it is time to release those players. And right. here's another thing. The players do not release themselves. That's why the penalty box attendant is there to open the door, close the door. The player just goes in and out of it. That's it. So in this case, blame for this situation starts with the penalty box attendants not doing their well, job let's... properly. You know, let's not let's not make the players blameless. No, no, no. I said it starts there. Okay. Well, it actually started before that. What do you mean? <sighs> well, forgetting what let for, forgetting about what because I obviously, um, I, I the, the the fact of the matter is, and this is one person's account. is that one of the players involved, quote-unquote, um, may have been a little over ex, uh, overly physical. Now, I don't know this for a fact. I'm just giving you one person's account. So there, you know, it's a, it's a, I have not, there's no way to prove or disprove. Okay. Okay. Um, and then there was some taunting going on late in the game and temp and heat and, and, and tempers got heated, which obviously, and again, I, I'm sure there are other video accounts of this. But I will say this. And this I know because I saw the video. The face-off was in the ASU zone with 11 seconds to go. It was a five-on-three power play for it lost okay. to Fairbanks? It was a five-on... Actually, those players that got into the fight had been in the penalty box for five seconds already. This was the ensuing face-off. Okay. Okay. Um, 
ASU was down five, two men, and Fairbanks had a five on three power play for eleven seconds. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah. So the puck gets and they dropped. were holding a three one lead. Right. So the puck gets dropped, and after the puck gets dropped, and I know I'm sure that I will get the Fairbanks people PO'd at me. But the guy taking the face off took a double cross check at the ASU player. And the next thing you know, there's a five on three scrum in in the in corner of the corners, rink. The corner yep. of the rink. Okay. And basically it was two two on ones and a one on one. And you see the linesman trying to break them up. Okay. Now again, there is I am not trying to excuse the players leaving the penalty box because they never should do that. Okay. Um it's and it's not like the guys went to join the fracas. Okay. You see in the video the linesman trying to break them up and struggling to do so. Because it's not the normal one-on-one where you're just trying to get in the middle. Okay. And you see the referees. The referees, the guys with the orange armbands. Taking like a step or two towards those pile-ups and then backing off. And then trying to take another step or two towards the pile-up and backing off. Okay. Now... I don't know. I don't know what the training is in terms of expecting to look back to, to take at least a glance to see what's going on on the benches. You know, maybe holding up your hand and, and just kind of like letting them know, don't you dare. That didn't happen. Well, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. That could have happened before the video started. Uh, well, or, or at some point when the video was focused, we we don't know. But to the credit of both Arizona State head coach Greg Powers and Eric Largan at Alaska Fairbanks, they did an unbelievable job of controlling their bench in a very heated situation. The benches did not empty; no. they stayed put. Okay, Correct. so so if there was one thing that I can say was done right, it was they kept the players on the bench. With 11 seconds left, they didn't let them get out on the ice and get into a bigger fracas that they already had. Right. So down in the corner, you've laid so it up pretty now, well. It's a five-on-three, not power play anymore. It's a battle. Right. So now while that's going on, two of the three players that were in the penalty box already, okay, and there were a bunch of players that were actually thrown out of the game before then. Although why the guys that with the, with the misconducts were not sent to the locker room, I don't understand that. Yeah, that's another whole other area of okay, discussion. Sitting here, the, the officiating. There, were, there were 16 seconds left. Okay. Um, one player had got a five-minute major a minute and a half earlier. Don't know why he was in. Don't know why he was still in the penalty box. 
mean, I guess they have to put somebody in the penalty box. No. But, no. No. But not with that little time left. No. And then you have players because that got it's missed. a major. It's a major right. penalty. Right. And there was only eleven seconds to go in the game. Well, no, I'm minute, talking about earlier. Anything than less that. than five. I know, but anything less than five minutes, he should have gone to the locker room. Right. Because he's you, not coming have, out. Right. He's and not have, coming out in regulation. Right. No and matter you, what. Nobody. None of these guys were coming out during regulation. Exactly. Except they weren't all in the penalty box. Uh, why would you send some? And I and I'm just assuming that, that this was. Yeah, that's something you, that's got to be explained by the CCHH. CCHA officials who uh, are contracted to uh, take care of the game. Anyway, I don't want to get off so, on a tangent on that, but well, but no, but this is all part of this is all part of what happened. Why were certain players in the box when the time for their penalties and these were not minors that might have expired because of goals? Why are those guys in the box in the first place? Yeah. Well, Why weren't they sent to the locker room? Only the officials can answer that, Paul. Well, but that's part of the problem. Nobody's answered these questions. No. Now, and I'm not going to lie, I sat there on Saturday morning saying that uh, this is a bad look, and we know, whether we like it or not, and this is not coming from the Fairbanks end of it, we know that in certain elitist circles that ASU has a bad reputation. Some of it earned a little bit, but they have it. Okay? Again, it's in certain circles. It's worse than in others. So everybody's looking is going to look to blame one side or the other, and, and and I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, I don't understand how any of this could have happened. It doesn't make any sense. I go, it sucks that it involves ASU. Not that I wanted to see it involve Fairbanks either, because I'm not a fan of this kind of stuff. I don't mind good physical play. Okay, but if you do get hit with a cheap shot, and I'm not saying that's what happened before any of this happened, okay, I'm not a fan of. Uh, you win the game. That that that's your retaliation. Doesn't mean you can't play physical, but you don't. Re- okay. You don't. You don't reply with what you thought was a cheap shot with more cheap shots. Exactly. Um, okay. And so the referees I, let it get out of hand. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to argue with you on that a bit. But what I am going to say is that that in itself was a bad look. But the bad look, the worst look, the one that could be the most damaging and unfortunately in 2024, everybody's got a cell phone, everybody's got a Twitter account. Everybody's got an Instagram, and they start recording as soon as it starts happening. Well, here's the problem. Of course. Um, two players, one from Arizona State, one from Alaska Fairbanks, 
came out of the penalty box on their own. Yep. They they were not released. They went out there without gloves, without helmet. They went right to center ice. They squared off as if they were the main event of an MMA, MMA fight. And they went at it. And the referees came racing down mm. uh, from the other end, or a couple of them did, to try to switch. They had no luck. Um, the technique was poor on their part, <laughs> trying to separate them. Yeah, by the way, there, one by the player. Way, Paul, there is a technique to this. And you're I'm sure there is. As an official, there's a technique in how you go into a fight and when you go into a fight. I'm sure there was. Anyway, the bad look comes, comes right here. I mean, the scrum you saw afterwards in the corner, those happen all the time. Almost yep. every game, there's scrums like that. Did the officials maybe let it get out of hand? Yeah, I'm not going to argue that. Not maybe. Okay, well, they let it get out of hand, but that because by the way, because but that wasn't what caused the black eye. The black well, eye uh, came from the penalty box attendants and the two players in the penalty box. I'm right. even going to say three players because you brought this up to me. There was an ASU player also in the penalty box that made no attempt to stop his teammate and to say, "Listen, you can't do that." Well, I don't know. I also don't know if there was a Fairbanks player, though. Yeah, I don't know either. But no matter what, it it didn't matter because the two combatants went out onto the ice and started to go at it. The bad part for college hockey, Paul, is this. They know that they're not allowed. You know since the time you're a squirt that you're not allowed to leave the penalty box until the attendant lets you out. Right. Um, So you know that. Secondly is you never go on the ice without helmets and gloves. They went out there without helmets and gloves. The intent was to fight. There's no doubt about it. There is no place for that in college hockey, period. So that has to be dealt with and that has to end. And that's the black eye of this whole situation. Now, nobody is excused from judgment on this or, or being a part of it. If you were any part of either team or the officials or on or off ice or the players, you all have some sort of culpability in this. And my pain and what I felt uh, after working eight years to try to help grow this game was I was thinking, oh my God, how much should they just set back the opportunities for independent, for growth, now you have administrators looking at this. Uh, um, I'm going to tell you, Paul, I got calls from coaches. I got text messages from coaches the next morning. going like, what the heck happened? Why did it happen? What were they thinking? Were they not there? Uh, a couple of coaches said to me, were they not there trying to win the game? Were they, they were just trying to put on a sideshow? Uh, it was a bad, bad look. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can, like I said, you got to start with the penalty box attendants because their job and their only job is to secure the penalty box. So, so no matter how bad the officiating is on the ice, no matter how bad the players are, it, that doesn't matter. Your job is to secure the penalty box. That's why you're there. And from what I saw in the video, at least one did nothing to secure the penalty box. Basically, just allowed the player to go. Well, now, obviously, it happened on the other side too. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the other person tried to stop it and couldn't. I don't know. Couldn't stop it, and this is not a gender issue. This is a penalty box attendant up. issue. I know, but people are going to see the video and they're going to go, "Oh, well, whatever." 
No, it's not. It's not a gender issue. Um, it, it's got to do with who's running the penalty box. So I hope it's a lesson learned. I hope it never happens again. I'm embarrassed. I'm frustrated for college hockey that it did happen. Uh, I'm even more frustrated that it happened to two teams in our coverage area. And I'm frustrated that it happened to um, independents who are looking for respect, as you know, um, to try to gain respect within the college hockey community. And you do something like this, you let something like this happen. It's inexcusable. It really is. And, you know, uh, I was equally as frustrated that there was nobody addressing it the day after. You, you need to get out in front of this. This was a huge, awful black mark on your, on your sport. Yeah. You need to get out and say, you know what? Uh, I'm embarrassed. This never should have happened. I don't care if it was, you know, I was upset with the officials. I don't care if I was upset with the other team. I don't care if I was upset with the score. This is not allowable. And you need to come out and tell the public that this is something that you're not going to allow in your program, either program. They should have addressed it immediately. And to my knowledge, I have not seen it addressed from either side. Well, I, I, I can only address it from one side because I only heard one pregame show on Saturday night. And the question was asked. I'm going to assume, um, and I've listened to a lot of Fairbanks broadcasts, whether it was uh, the video stream or, or the audio stream, okay, that those guys asked the question too. I just don't know what the answer was because I didn't hear it. Now, you want to say that somebody or, you know, some sort of statement should have been made before a coach's show. Okay, I, I can buy that. Um, Not only before I, the coach's show, Paul, but in a in a medium format. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from either one of the radio broadcasts. They do a fantastic job. But the only people that are listening to the Arizona State broadcast, not the only, but majority, are Arizona State fans. The only ones that are, or the majority, are listening to Fairbanks broadcasts are the Fairbanks fans. You needed to come out in the public, maybe even do it jointly with the two head coaches. I don't, I don't know, but I would, I would have handled it a lot differently. I would have come out in the morning, and I would have said, "Listen, what happened last night is not representative of our team, of our school, of our program, of our players. It was a huge mistake." It was a, a black eye, and I'm going to make sure that this doesn't happen again with my program. Still haven't heard it. It's Sunday night now. Well, again, this. still again, haven't heard it. Again, I, I, I would tell you that I only heard one coach's side. I understand that. But what I'm telling you and, is... Uh, well, it should have been all over the media. It should have been all over Twitter. It should have been all over Instagram. Because you know what? When you win a game, when you get in, when you win a tournament, when you go to a big game, when you have success, you post it everywhere. So everyone can see it. And there's thousands of hits and posts. Um, now when you have something that you need to address and you don't address it, doesn't look good. Does not look good. 
And unfortunately, in 2024, perception is almost everything. Yeah, it definitely makes a difference. And I'm, I'm, I can't lie either. There were some people like, oh, yeah, this is great for this is great. We need more of this. No. No. You Paul, know, there was I mean, big media people, former players, that were saying, we need more of this. This is what college hockey needs. No, it doesn't. No. And, and here's the deal. They make uh, players wear helmets from the time they step on the ice for warm-ups until the game is completed. They're not allowed to take those helmets off. If it comes off inadvertently, they have to go right to the bench. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that is the point. Now, there, the good thing of this whole incident is nobody got seriously hurt. One of those two players hits his head on the ice. And it was close. Oh, you it watch. was extremely close. Twice. So it was extremely close. If that happens, you have serious consequences. Now you have probably uh, a life-altering injury to one or both players. Um, and Possibly, all yeah. for what? It wasn't part of the game. It was part of nonsense. And again, how does this affect... Uh, college hockey in the long run? I don't know. I don't know. I've heard a lot of comments. I mean a lot of people. A lot of them personally reached out to me and told me, you know, this is this is just uncalled for. Um, they're, they're putting a lot of blame on the independents as being reckless. I heard that word well, thrown around. They're reckless program. Uh, well, they're not, if, if, you know. If, listen, if you, want, if, you, if, you want to, if you want to go there, we could go there too. It's not a, it's not the same argument. It's a different discussion. But yeah, well, wanna... what I'm telling you, what I'm telling you is, um, if you're an independent and there's now six, soon to be five, and then maybe six or seven or eight more. Um, but right now, if you're an independent, and we'll talk to Brett Riley from LIU tomorrow is coming on the show, and uh, it, it's a bad look because uh, conferences don't look at themselves as reckless. They look at them as well-organized machines. Um, the other problem you have that I see is the discipline afterwards, on and after, because now the CCHA is responsible for disciplining uh, the Fairbanks player, um, the players. Um, the Big Ten is responsible for disciplining the Arizona State players. So now you've got this hodgepodge and and as in anything, um, they're going to look at it differently, almost certainly. One side is going to say, oh, well, this guy started it. One's going to say, that guy started it. One guy said, this was a victim. One guy's going to say, no, my guy was the victim. You know how that's going to go. So it's well, going to become I, even I, more chaotic in the in the post-game um, analysis and determination for punishment. Well, I, I, and. I also would tell you that they're going to look at it differently because these teams are not in their leagues. And they shouldn't. If they're, if they're hired and contracted to discipline, it should be disciplined exactly like if it was in their league. Right, That's but they won't do, do that. But they won't. Well, I'm, I'm not going to argue with that point, but I'm just saying that that's how it should be disciplined. That's how it should be. Um, but the... the <sighs> The anger and the frustration from my end of it comes with, you know, there's just so many places. It starts with the players, obviously. 
then it runs into the the penalty box attendance that because that was the incident there was a lot of bad things on the ice too um but that was the incident and i don't think it's really fair to say uh poor officiating or missed calls or mishandling of what happened on the ice prompted these two to come out of the box this was something that they concocted i would guess on their own they looked at each other it looked like they were peeking back and forth probably chattering and decided that they were going to take things into their own hands and they did not go join the melee where their teammates were they did not go to their uh benches they went to center ice yeah they made it a spectacle and for that i hope that they're punished and well i'd be I shocked that, if they I, I would be shocked if they weren't well i mean severely punished i'm not talking about one or two games i'm talking about the end of the season you don't see the ice again until next year. Well, that's and then you don't probably come back. going to be the case. Then you don't come back next year either until you've made a sincere apology, understanding what you did. Now, my thought on this whole thing and how I started this and why I thought we should discuss it was how big of a black eye does this put on particularly the independence in college hockey? How much will it hurt? down the road because will teams want to play them? Will they think that they're reckless? Will you, will well, they think see, you've, that we don't want to schedule games? You, you've, you've talked about, I mean, you, you've been in contact with people more than I do. All right. Um, and we are not a hundred percent sure what Records may or may not have been broken, but, you know, um, one site said the last time there were that many minutes and penalties in a game was 2008 between Canisius and RIT. Um, and before that, Maine and BU uh, for a total of almost 270 minutes. Okay. Um, and, and I get where you're going with that. But again, the bottom line of this was the spectacle at center ice. Um, penalty minutes can be acute. And the other thing that you and I talked about, and I would love to get an explanation from a, a, a NCAA official somewhere, but what in the world is a double disqualification? How can you get a double disqualification? You're either disqualified or not, I thought. Well, yeah, I don't know what that is either. I mean, but I guess that was thrown out there. I guess that would, I guess that would depend. Right, I guess that would depend on on uh, an interpretation. Um, well, I mean, I heard some from some longtime people that have never heard the call persisting. Yeah, I yeah, I don't. I, I've I never mean, heard it, that either. It under, um, it's understandable when you saw what happened, but now I never heard it called as a persisting you know in that in that same story there is a one-line quote from eric larkin uh obviously the to uh i guess a local fairbanks newspaper uh, obviously the rough stuff at the end you kind of wish it doesn't go to that uh, but we've played this team so many times and there's so many tensions and that's part of the game too um you know okay let me let me defend coach 
Largan on this a little bit. I'm just telling you it's the only quote that I've seen yeah, other than I what I heard you. on the coach's show. I, I hear you, and I'll say he, he's 100% correct. But what's inexcusable, Coach, and you're more than welcome to call me, text me, discuss it with me, whatever. What's inexcusable is two players coming out of the penalty box before their penalties were over without their helmets, without their gloves, and squaring off at center ice. That is not part of a heated rivalry. It's not. There's no excuse for it. There's no place for it. That's where you have to draw the line. And I don't care if it's your best player, your worst player, whatever. Those players have to be disciplined. They have to understand that this can never happen again. Because if well, it does, in especially in the age of social media, they're going to get thousands, maybe millions of hits on this. And they're going to become... Uh, something people are going to look back at years from now. And guess what? There's going to be other kids that are going to want that spotlight. And if they choose to do that spotlight, it, somebody's going to at one point get hurt, seriously hurt. And, you know, again, uh, we, you know, we talked for a while before we came on, like, okay, how do we discuss this? And we've now spent, and, and we probably could spend a lot more time. Haven't really discussed any of the games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the reason for that is um, the, the games. This. The games were second. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about already. This is already taking over the topic of discussion instead of talking about teams that, and, and and in all fairness, Arizona came. Arizona State came back with no, uh, basically losing their top four defensemen, and one hockey game in overtime on the road. Yeah, and that's not even discussed now because of this craziness. Yeah, I mean it's, you know, I, yeah, we didn't even we we didn't even get into that because we spent the time talking about this. I mean. You know, we're not sitting here talking about uh, how close the conferences are as we get closer and closer to the conference tournaments, right? Um, for the most part, um, the 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 Atlantic Hockey Tournament is set. We haven't spoken one second about it till just now, forty five minutes yep. in. Yep. Right. Um, where uh, where you know in the quarterfinals, and congratulations to uh, our buddy the Czar Frank Frank Saratori getting that first round at home. Uh, won't be easy as they face RAIC, but they'll be playing at home, right? Um, Paul, I've heard that that home ice is really it's not worth it's all for soft people to be for soft people. Yeah. Soft schedule, yeah. Um, but that whole thing it's not, is But it's not to... worth a, If you win at home, it's not worth the whole point. It's true. point something. It's true. Um, you know, but here, you know, that, I mean, that's, you know, that, that conference tournament starts next week. Right? We, we're not, we're not going to, we, we haven't had a chance to talk about it because of everything else. Right? Um, we, we can't talk about how crazy the CCHA standings are. Other than we know Ferris State will be in the eighth position, taking on whoever wins the conference. 
Jeez. Right? Uh, nothing oh. is decided in hockey, at least outside of, we know who's going to be one and two in hockey East, but outside of that, we don't know. Um, the ECAC, once again, just Quinnipiac as they clinch the regular season title. Um, and, you know, in the NCHC, outside of the eighth spot, we don't know. Uh, and there's still two weeks to go. But we can't. We haven't talked about it because this other stuff took up most of the show. Yeah, and like I said, I, that's not how I intended um, on Friday afternoon that we would do no, the Sunday not. show. But, but I think this is important, and I don't think it's over yet. I think somebody still needs to make a statement, address it, let the, let the people know that this is not the norm or the any anything acceptable, you know. And you can say it on a coach's show. You can say it to your boosters. You can say it to anybody. Come out and tell the public. Tell the public that you're embarrassed by what happened. Tell the public that it's not ever going to happen again on your watch. Um, it's inexcusable. And again, you know, I understand the heat of the battle. I understand the fact that you were down two men. I understand that you got cross-checked. I understand that the officiating maybe wasn't at their best. I understand all of that. But it all comes back to two culpable spots. The penalty box. Number one, the, the attendants need to make sure the penalty box participants, players, occupants, whatever you want to call them, stay in the box that's number one if that happens this never happens it simply well, does not happen and secondly we're is, not talking about it anyway nobody nobody would be talking about it because right. they could be angry and chirping back and forth but that's why you put them there to make sure it doesn't happen so yeah. fix it fix it well, hopefully get it do. right secondly is the players need to know better and they do know better there's not a player that from age 10 that doesn't understand that he can't, no matter how frustrated he is, he cannot leave that penalty box. He's put in there for a reason. That's why it's called the penalty box. You're in a separated area, segregated area because of uh, an infraction that you had on the ice. That doesn't give you free will to open it up and walk out into center ice or skate out into center ice and become a sideshow. That's a joke. It's embarrassing. And, um, you know, for people that say, oh, well, well th- this podcast is about protecting ASU. Horse hockey. It's about protecting independence and watching the game grow. Now, I was extremely proud of what I've seen Arizona State accomplish, not only in the past, but this year. I'm still very proud of the fact that they've got 21 wins. I don't care who they play. They won 21 games so far in NCAA hockey. And that's not easy to do no matter who you're playing. And you don't really have much say in your schedule as an independent. There are a lot of factors that go into it. So it wasn't like they chose a quote-unquote soft schedule. I'm extremely proud of the fact that they have 21 wins. And they may end up with, as you mentioned, top three wins in all of college hockey and top three fewest losses, maybe the fewest losses in college hockey. So those are all positive things. This is a negative thing, and I want it to be over with. And I want somebody to come out and man up and say, listen, this was a mistake. We apologize, both teams. And 
I'm going to tell you, it's never going to happen again. Finally, Paul, to the media people out there that are sensationalizing this, you guys are, are part of the problem. You are part of the problem. You're making this. Uh, these are college athletes. They're not junior hockey players from Canada. They're not American Hockey League players. They're not um, NHL players. They're college hockey players that have a, a full face mask and are told to keep it on. Um, and and for that to happen uh, in this sport is totally embarrassing. And you know, this particular week I've seen three American Hockey League games and they don't have a full mask on and the respect, I've seen plenty of fights, but I've also seen plenty of respect in the fight. It's frustrating, you can get angry, but you don't take advantage of the rules. You don't circumvent them. So my hope is that that both Arizona State and Fairbanks come out and say something positive instead of saying like, yeah, you know, we play a lot. Um, it, it's part of the game. No, it's not part of the game. It's not part of the game to leave your penalty box without your helmet or your gloves and become a sideshow, period. Well, we're we're going to wait and see, I'm sure, tomorrow or Monday on the Monday the 26th that we'll, we'll get some sort of official word. And if we don't, that's a bad so. job. That's a bad job by those conference officials. It's a bad job by everybody involved. You know, somebody's got to stand up and take take responsibility. Um, but like I said, that's that's embarrassing. It is. Okay. Um, because we have Brett Riley coming on tomorrow, I want to nice. jump to your Super 16 right now. What? Yeah, I'm jumping to it right now. Oh, because I don't know how much DJ. time we'll get with Brett. I want to give you... Brett... And you know my respect for Coach Riley. I think he's doing a fantastic job. I, I told you that there's three independents right now that are standing on the top of the independents. Fairbanks is mm -hmm. there. Uh, ASU is there. And I think LIU is headed there. Um, Lindenwood's trying. Stonehill's oh, trying. Okay. Anchorage second, is trying. But they're not quite years. there. Second, First and second year programs. Those last three. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Well, yeah, but you got to start somewhere. You can't start in the middle. I know. I know. But what I'm saying is you give credit where credit is due, and Coach Riley is doing I a am. fantastic job. Okay. I, I am. I'm just making sure that people understand we realize the difference. Yeah, between... but still, you, the bottom line of it is Coach Riley is doing a great job, and I want yeah. him to come on the show, and I want him to talk about what he's doing on his successes. And um, – you know, his plans for the future and how he assesses this past season. So anyway, that'll be tomorrow. Oh, right by the now, way. Yeah. Just so you know, um, they've started a, and I saw this today, um, you know, when it came out, I guess it might have come out yesterday or, or what have you. Um, they are requiring, a the, Robert Morris requests state grant for on-campus arena. So let's wish them that. Let's hope that that goes well for them. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Yep, good All stuff. Right, so go okay. ahead. Let's take the quick break and then we'll come back because we got to get a couple partners in here, and then we will uh, come back and we'll get uh, on to the Super Sixteen just in case we mm -hmm. don't get to it tomorrow. I'm not saying we won't. I'm just saying All just right. in case. Here we go.
It's time to drop the puck on the nation's best college hockey conference. We bring you closer to the action all season long with access to exclusive on-demand content and more than 140 live games. Catch every big goal and clutch save when you can't be there. We have you covered here. Stream on your phone, computer, or straight to your TV and don't miss a moment from your favorite team. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs the classic Italian comfort food to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack has three locations at 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe, the ASU location at 922 East Apache Road, and 952 West White Mountain Road in Pine Top. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, call us at 480-687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegers. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. From the NCHC.TV studios, you're listening to ITHSW Podcasts, College Hockey West Live. Indeed it is. College Hockey West Live. Sorry for the uh, long-winded uh, topic, but I feel it's extremely important. I still feel it's extremely important for the game of hockey. Scott Strandy with you in Carlsbad, California tonight. My co-host is always Paul Hornstein from Long Island, New York. Uh, Paul, you put out the Super 16. We normally hold it till Monday. I want to get it out there right now just in case. You put it out there. Um, I haven't done anything. <laughs> you sent it to me. Well, I know that. <laughs> And we'll put it up. So you did it. I'm just putting okay. it out. Okay, here we go. Boston College, Boston University, North Dakota, Michigan State are your top four. I have zero problem with that. I think it's a very good, solid top four. Did you waver at all on any of those? Um, No, not really. I mean, I moved them around a little bit. but Okay. No. Uh, five through eight, Quinnipiac. That shocks me. Uh, Denver at six. Wisconsin at seven, and um, boy, Western Michigan at eight, Paul. That's a head scratcher for me. Keep winning. <laughs> they also lose some. You know, I... <laughs> okay. Uh, let's do nine through 12. Colorado College at nine, Providence at 10. 11 is Cornell, and number 12 would be St. Cloud State. Have they convinced you yet, Paul? No. <laughs> God, you're honest, at least. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> uh, 13, 14, 15, and 16 go this way. Minnesota, Michigan, Maine. There's three M's in a row, and then there's 
Arizona State at 16. Now, I, I'm going to tell you, uh, I, I agree Arizona State has to be in there. I think they should have been higher because um, was the incident on Friday a bad look and bad everything and should never happen again and should never have happened? Absolutely. But they did go back and win 20, 21st game of the year against seven losses and six ties on the road in Alaska. And if you haven't, your team hasn't gone up and played in Alaska, maybe ask some guys that have. It's not an easy trip. No. And that's a very good hockey team in Fairbanks. A very uh, a good hockey team. A thousand percent. So um, to win 21 games, and again, um, I, I, I know you're trying to be unbiased, but you look at your top um, – is it top six, I guess, seven, um, 25 wins, 22 wins, 22 wins, 21 wins, 23 wins, 21 wins, 24 wins. And then all of a sudden we get to Western with 18, Colorado College with 18, Providence is 17, Cornell is 16, St. Cloud 15, Minnesota 19, Michigan 17, Maine 19. Oh, here comes Arizona State at 21. I still think, more needs to be given, more credence needs to be given in this year, 2024, to winning hockey games. Not only winning, but we had this conversation last uh, show where we talked about look in the loss column. How many teams, Paul, have fewer losses than seven? Two. I'll, I'll answer it for you. Cornell and Boston College. There's right. something to be said with winning 20-plus games and losing fewer than seven, seven or fewer. Yeah. I mean, does that not look like an odd picture? Because to me, it does. Well, it looks again. like a painting. It looks like a very expensive painting uh, of somebody that's missing a leg. Well, Why would you paint that picture? And put it out there, missing a leg. So why why do we have a 21-win team? And I don't care. You can tell me all the time that you want that the CCHA did not predict how their league was going to be this year. The Big Ten did not predict how their league was. You can't predict it. And if you think that somebody puts out a soft schedule, there were, there were, and I'm going to go right back at Arizona State for this one because they, they deserve a little mis, they, they have been misrepresented, misrepresented in my opinion. They had home games coming to them because they needed to reciprocate after they'd been out on the road. They knew they were going to be going into a conference, and they knew that there would be limited times that they could have teams come to them. Number three is they scheduled the best teams that they could schedule. As an independent, they're forced to schedule the other independents or they wouldn't have any games. Let's be honest. During the conference season, if they're not playing the other independents, who are they going to play? And uh -uh. fourth, when you put out a schedule, you don't have any idea how good the teams are going to be. Ask the Big Ten if they thought Wisconsin was going to be as dominant with a brand-new head coach as they have been. No, of course nobody thought that. No. So does that mean that if Wisconsin had been, you know, where maybe a new coach just starting out would be normally, would that have made a difference in how you looked at other team schedules? 
or because they came out and played a very good season. And I tell you that coaching staff is unbelievable. Um, they're now all of a sudden everybody's going like, Oh, have you seen how good that schedule is? And number one, teams in the big 10 don't have a choice. They got to play a certain number of league games, NCHC, oh, yeah. you know, the ECAC, hockey East. I mean, all of them have that. The independents don't have that opportunity. Don't hold it against them. You know, if, if you go out and win games, you win games. And if you, if you don't think that overtime wins should count for anything, then don't play overtime. Then just end it at a tie. Well, I'm all and for then that. the discussion is gone. I am all for that. Yeah, then just end it right there. It's tied. But if you're going to play overtime, then it should be rewarded like a win because you're playing an extra five minutes to win it. And, and more than that, if you're going to reward shootout points, then then, then you got to play to win a shootout. Well, I mean, that's see, Colorado now, College and see, Omaha this now, weekend. Hold on. Now, now, see, now, of course, it's we only have a few minutes left, and you know, an idea pops into my head. No, we got time. We can go another seven minutes. Well, that's fine, but still, it's not really. Um, you want to make a tweak? You want to make an adjustment? Play the. If you win in overtime, it doesn't count any less than a regulation win. You want to start jerking around with the pairwise numbers? Do it in the shootout. And hopefully, we'll eliminate those too. But that's another story. That's probably not going to happen. No, probably a lot not going to happen. I'm just saying that, you know, you look foolish. And I'm in the media, and I look and I listen to uh, the common people that want to know and want to understand and want to be a part of this game. And they don't get it, they don't understand. The, the hockey people will come out and they'll, and I ran into some of those this week too that said, Oh, well, it's because get in the league. I was told that by somebody I respect a lot. So just get in the league. And I said, you know, it's not that easy. It's yeah. about money. It's about being accepted to in the league. You know, some, some teams are maybe never going to get into a league. I mean, Alaska's were in leagues yeah, and they got bumped out. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, well, so you've got to make yeah. a decision. Are you going to grow this game and, and watch it get better? And if you are, then you better start paying attention to to win-loss records. Because last time I heard, you still play to win games and lose few games. Yeah, well, I'm going to be – it'll be very interesting to see what kind of schedules come out next year with ASU going into a league and the other schools not in leagues, losing somebody uh, that they were scheduling games with at least two games a year. Sometimes four. Yeah. Sometimes four. Uh, It's not going to, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. And, you know, uh, I put out that tweet a while ago and people responded and I'm thankful for their response and I respect their opinions and discussions, but um, sometimes you just got to look at the whole picture people. You can't just look at what's good for you. You have to look at what's good for the whole uh, sport as a whole. Rising tide lifts all boats. Yep. Yep. That's been said many a time. And you, uh, you want to watch hockey grow, uh, put your 20 plus win teams in the tournament, give them a chance, but don't tell me that you're going to have a 25, 24, 23, 22 win team that's sitting out watching because it's perceived that they have a weak schedule. They don't, well, they don't the have a choice. Perceived it anyway. Well, they don't have a choice. 
They, you have to play who you play. And like I said, this is not about Arizona State. This is not defending them because last year I made the same um, arguments for Fairbanks, who I thought deserved yep. to be in the tournament and didn't get yep. in. And I'm, I'm going to make the prediction. I've already told you I might as well make it on air before he comes on tomorrow. I think the next team to challenge for an at-large bid as an independent is the Long Island University Sharks. I think they're trending exactly like Fairbanks was and Arizona State was. So, let, well, you know, only time will tell. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, um, it, for the good of the game, you got to fix this. I'm, I'm sure that now that you've put the Maloikia on – <laughs> LIU. I'm sure that Coach Riley appreciates that. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't listen to a word I say. He does his own thing. Well, there's a lot you of people that. that don't listen to what you say. Yeah, he does his own thing. Trust me. All right, take it away. From the NCHC.TV studios, College Hockey West Live has been brought to you by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos Worldwide. It's where the action is in the resort or in town. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style, 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. By the NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. The Tag Creative Group. Search T. Grand Rudd on Redbubble.com and let us help you design that one-of-a-kind gift for you or someone special. College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. Caesar Sportsbook app. Download the app where available, but please play responsibly. FedEx, simplify your business shipping with FedEx, the official package delivery company of Ice Time Hockey West. And by Liberty University, over 700 programs of study to help you impact your community on and off the ice. Strengthen your faith at our state-of-the-art campus. See us at liberty.edu. College Hockey West Live is live every week on the Podbean app and available along with all of our weekly podcasts for download at your favorite podcast platform. Search ITHSW Podcast, that's all one word, ITHSW Podcasts. To find any of our shows, subscribe, rate, and review the show, and just tell a friend to help others find the podcast. College Hockey West Live and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. I will say a... Uh... A thank you to people that are listening to this and are hoping for change as well. And I'm hoping that by this time tomorrow, we're going to hear some more clarity on this unfortunate, uh, unacceptable, and uh, unforgivable, quite frankly, event that happened in uh, Fairbanks, Alaska on Friday night. All right. We'll say goodnight. Little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Make sure you tune in tomorrow night. Brett Riley, the head coach from Long Island University, scheduled to join us. Good night, everybody. Good night. CHC.TV studios, you're listening to ITHSW Podcasts, College Hockey West Live.